0: This is J.G. Hertzler, General Mark Talker on Deep Space Nine, and you're listening to
1: Trek FM.
0: Hello and welcome to Season 7, Episode 23 of Commentary, Trek Stars, a show which deals with the work of Star Trek creators outside of Star Trek. I'm Mike. I'm John and today we're going to be taking a look at uh, Justin Lin's fifth movie
1: for all practical purposes. Yeah.
0: Fast 5. Yeah. Yeah. Which is Yeah. This is the fifth film in the Fast and Furious franchise. Um, and yeah, it's uh, quite an exciting movie. It's it's uh, the third time that Justin Lin has worked in the franchise, and it stars everyone, and uh, most of the people working <laughs> behind the scenes are people who uh, are going to be working with Lynn on Star Trek Beyond or who are working with Lynn on Star Trek Beyond. Mm-hmm. So, yes, it came out in 2011, and, uh, yeah. Um, you want to give us a synopsis?
1: Yes, the gang is back. Uh, all reunited and uh, defying the laws of physics to uh, pull off a heist against uh, the most notorious bad guy uh, in Brazil and uh, and use that as a chance to get away clean and get out of the life that they have found themselves in, get back to the, the purer life of when it was simpler and it was just about racing.
0: Yes, yes um and i mean the, the bad guy is played by Joaquin de Almeida
1: right and even if you don't recognize the name you see him walk on screen you're like oh bad guy yep <laughs> mm-hmm.
0: which it made me so happy because he was the <laughs> prototypical you know central american bad guy from 90s action oh, slash yeah. thriller movies you know like uh um yep. clear and present danger you know for example mm-hmm and uh desperado and stuff like that so to see him here back on screen it's just like yeah you know
1: because he should be in like every movie you know i agree uh, the guy he's a naturally charismatic actor and he he's uh he's the type of guy that's just so obviously he has so much fun playing the villain mm-hmm. that like you can't like even when he's playing a complete scumbag like he is in this like you still enjoy his scenes because you're like hey, hey, hey. you know like you get a kick out of him yeah yeah for sure yeah for sure
0: so yeah, it's 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 more of a uh a heist movie than anything. I remember hearing right before yeah. this movie came out that uh they were looking to sort of transition away from the sort of street racing side of things and making it more as they described it like Ocean's 11 style heist movies. And I yeah. think that this one definitely I mean I think someone was definitely like we should do an Ocean oh. 11 heist movie.
1: <laughs> yeah, no, absolutely, absolutely. And uh it also takes the the further the the concept that sort of uh comes about in the fourth one where you see them start you know ennobling the characters, it goes even another step farther where they're they're committing their crimes just for good reasons. This like they they the rock, you know, the rock is in it and he's the federal agent pursuing them and he actually has uh you know uh, an exposition scene where he basically forgive he absolves them of any past sins because they he talks about I don't get it they they steal gas and they give it to people and they and it, like basically he he's just he erases that whole first and second movie and he's like they're basically Robin Hood mm-hmm. it's like why am I chasing them but I must <laughs> yep it's not
0: easy being the yeah. Rock yeah no. So so yeah because of that because of the whole Ocean's 11 aspect to it you know you've got the core from the first movie which you know returned for Fast and Furious you know Vin mm-hmm. Diesel Paul Walker Jordana Brewster etc but now in order to accomplish this impossible mission they bring in the rest of their team everybody yeah. they bring in the people who were introduced in every movie including too fast too furious you know they bring back you know han solo
1: yeah that's true (laughs) although technically chronologically speaking the fourth movie is where he was introduced in the third anyway yeah we won't get into the chronology thing again well
0: he was introduced in three but he shows up in four but it brings in elements which were established in all of the other movies which i think is pretty awesome and uh, to to create an ultimate team, a super a super fast and furious team, the Avengers of fast and furiousness. Exactly, exactly. Yes. So so, what did you think about Fast Five? Loved
1: it, yeah. absolutely loved it. The the laws of of God, man, and physics fly out the window, and they just fully embrace the uh, just the, the ridiculousness. I mean, like this is a movie that roots everything in just enough reality that you can sort of keep up the suspension of disbelief but i mean everything that they do is just there zero chance that it actually happens in reality and that like that is what i love about this series is it gets more and more comfortable embracing the ridiculousness but not in like a you know not in like a way that that makes you feel bad as an audience member not like ha this is ridiculous like let's all just go have fun we know that we're here just to watch a good time and have something exciting happen and it's like yeah yeah, yeah okay i'll go along with that and it even works in uh like it's more the close range fighting you know more the hand to hand combat stuff like there's an element that lynn seems to add each time he had a rooftop chase at the opening of the last one and so we have a rooftop chase on an even larger scale this time. But then we have a close quarters gun battle that turns into fist fighting. Like it's it's just everything that you could possibly ask for in an action movie with the exception of like fighter jets mm-hmm. happens in this movie.
0: <laughs> yes, yes. No, that's true. I mean, there's definitely it, this is, I think, where it starts an escalation in these movies where uh, they progressively become crazier and crazier and bigger and bigger. And I think it starts here with, you know, the idea of bringing everyone back, you know, and, and making, you know, a super team, making a justice league of, 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 of <laughs> yes, and furious people or whatever. And, um, you know, it, it's, you need to up the stakes, you need to do, you know, all that stuff. And I think it totally works a lot. Um yeah. I think that this is the best um movie uh, up, up till now and I think that it's uh Justin Lin's best movie period. Uh I think that it's amazing. I think they finally cracked the code of of these movies. And, you know, not yeah. not that they weren't not that they weren't good before, but this is where it sort of like pushes it over the edge. You know, after Fast and Furious I was just about done with the franchise because I just wasn't getting much out of it, and then when I heard the idea of it being sort of like more of a heist movie, I'm like, okay, well, that's interesting, because that kind of goes back to what I liked about Too Fast, Too Furious so much, you know, and Mm -hmm. um, seeing this one, I was just like, yes, yes, this is now, you know, like a legitimate action franchise, not just a, a movie about, you know, street racing, but it's like... An action, you know, big budget action blockbuster franchise, and you know, I mean, one of the things that they do, I think, in order to sort of um, add to that that escalation,
1: is bringing in The Rock. Oh yeah, (laughs) oh for oh yes, you you don't bring The Rock in unless you're you're really committing to it. Yeah, you know, that's that is yeah. He he, the Rock being in your cast is just an open declaration of you're just going to go crazy with everything. Absolutely.
0: And the fact that, you know, they they were bringing everyone back, I mean, that's big enough as it is. You know, not that any of those yeah. people were super huge names. It wasn't as big of a deal as when, you know, they brought Vin Diesel and Paul Walker back for Fast and Furious. But still, you know, it's just the idea that they have everyone. They've got Tyrese, yeah. they've got um you know ludicrous and and all that stuff and 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 uh you know gal gadot even you know everyone and sun kang it, it's it's great to see all those people together but then you're yeah, like it's... and the rock and it's like yeah. whoa you know and of, yeah. course, of course, there's the moment which everyone was, you know, waiting for from the beginning. It's like, you know, <laughs> yeah. you got to see The Rock and Vin Diesel fight each other, right, hand to hand. Yes,
1: you do. Oh, yes, you do. <laughs> Windows and walls and doors and <laughs> tables and floors and wrenches and oh my goodness, it's so much fun. Yes,
0: lots and lots of muscles and everything like that. You know, people. Just- yeah,
1: uh, yeah. That that's important to note too. Is The Rock naturally it, he appears in his natural state, which is glistening and flexing in every single scene. Andrew. Like he is, <laughs> he, like he, he's almost like I almost want to give him hypertension medicine because it's like okay, okay, calm, yep. just calm down just a little. Yeah,
0: and, and and wearing you know an Under Armour you know uh, oh. like tech <laughs> shirt. Um, oh, which on. is like skin tight <laughs> which I love here because I, he must have a contract with Under Armour right because I've seen him wearing it in other movies like I think G. I, I think Chow.
1: Under Armour has a contract with everybody yeah and yeah. it was started by an alum of the college I went to so really? Woo! Nice. yeah Baltimore company
0: nice nice yeah no um because like I I you see him wearing basically the same exact thing in like G.I. Joe, I think, is, is yep. the movie. I remember seeing it like, wow, he's wearing an Under Armour, just like camouflage Under Armour thing. But because of that, like, he's got the Under Armour shirt, and you can tell with his, you know, cargo pants and everything, and you can tell that that, like, costume was designed from the ground up to make the rock look as cool as possible, right? Oh, yeah. And oh, the, yeah. the thing about it is being, you know, part of a, uh, you know, law enforcement agency... It's essentially the uniform, right? So you've got everyone else on his team who's, you know, maybe not quite built as well as The Rock, and they're all that's wearing okay. they the same... <laughs> they have flak jackets.
1: They have flak jackets, and some of them wear coats. Some
0: of them do. Some of them are wearing yeah. the same Under Armour shirt, but they're not filling it out <laughs> quite as well. But, you know, it's, it's They, all they good.
1: tend to carry things <laughs> to cover up their chests and stuff like that. Yeah, yeah. You know.
0: But, you know, I, I, I do think that that's, that's pretty cool, and yeah. Just having him come well, on board, and he's he's great. I mean, he's really oh yeah, he's so charismatic. I, I've loved him ever since uh, that documentary Beyond the Mat. Did you ever see
1: that? Uh, is that the one? No, I'm thinking of Wrestling with Shadows. Uh, that was the Brett Hitman Hart documentary. Uh, Beyond the Mat. Uh, it's. I don't. I, I want to say that I have seen it, but it's like I don't like Mick Foley it. plays a pretty huge role in it. Um, oh yeah. Okay. I know the one you're talking about. Yeah. Yep. 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 It's, it's, yeah.
0: it's pretty great. And and you see him in, in that. And, uh, you know, like, cause he's going to be wrestling Mick Foley at like WrestleMania or something. And it's yeah. just, you see like this strange dichotomy because he's like, he's just about to, to go, you know, go, you know, wrestle Mick Foley and, you know, Mick Foley's kids and, and You know, wife are there, and you know, they know that it's going to be something which is going to be rather traumatic. So, like, beforehand, (laughs) they're like, Hey, hey guys, come over here. You want to meet Dwayne? You know? And he's like, hi, guys. And he's like super friendly. And he's like, oh, your dad and I are going to have a fun time. And then it cuts to, you know, the two of them in the ring, like beating yeah. the crap out of each other with his entire family in tears, traumatized for life, you know. But, uh, yeah, it, it's it's pretty great. You know, I've always been a fan of The Rock. He's, he's cool. He's a cool guy. He seems, he seems like a really good guy, you know.
1: You know what he does? Um, and he is he's a, 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 he's one of those celebrities that's relentlessly positive, And I've always liked that about him is that he does like you don't read about him doing you know what? I, I, this will seem like a, re, a, a weird comparison, but he's uh, for me. He's like Andrew W.K., where it's like he's always he's always all about no matter what, you know, I'm going to encourage people to keep plugging along and be their best so yeah all that just to say i i agree with you but the thing is we're sitting here we're, we're talking about the rock and what i definitely want to um uh, like acknowledge is you, you're right they bring back everybody and they have this name villain and they have the rock come on board but never at any point do i feel like any of these characters gets short shrift mm-hmm. it's very clear who the main characters are but i do think that this very much is something that applies uh, in a positive way for star trek in that it's always been a balancing act to get you know quote unquote the big 3 and the ensemble feel done right while not losing sight of anybody's characters and i think that lin very much demonstrates here that he can take a massive cast and you don't feel like anybody's left out or just there to be a face on the screen even the even the guy that they bring in from the first movie to get rid of, you know, they write him in to write him out, basically. Like, that guy doesn't get short shrift. He even has a couple of good moments on screen. So, like, I, like that's really cool. I, I think that's a real testament to Lin is that he can juggle all of those characters and never lose sight of them. Like, you you very much have the sense of a director who knows where everybody is what their place is in the story and the script and the pacing and how to make sure that they're, they flow organically and feel right.
0: Yeah, no, that's definitely true. And, um, you know, it, it, it is a pretty huge cast. I mean, I definitely agree with what you're saying, um, you know, so much so that it's not like you feel like there's at any point a, a, a person who's just in there just to make a cameo. Right. Um, and, you know to, to speak to that as someone who had only seen Fast and Furious one time you know a couple of years before this movie came out when I went into this I was not completely familiar with some of these characters one of them being um, Gal Gadot's character and mm-hmm. you know when I saw her in this I, I just assumed that she was a new character I did not know that she was from Fast and Furious and uh, you know She's completely, you know, realized probably even more so than she was in that, in that first oh, movie, yeah. you know? Sure. And I mean, the fact that they brought, you know, Sung Kang back too, I mean, I think is pretty great, yes. you know, they, they definitely didn't have to do that. And, you know. It's always a good idea. I, I, I also just love, at this point, they're just like, we don't even care. We do not care <laughs> because at spoilers at the end of the movie where he's driving away and he's going off to somewhere. Yeah. He, she, you know, well yeah like, <laughs> no she
1: she says to him she says like weren't you going to Tokyo he goes I'll get there eventually yep it's like that that's the ultimate like high five to the audience yeah like we, he's not dead yet <laughs> Yep, he's yes. not dead
0: yet yeah I mean he could very well come back for number six you never know right yeah so I mean that's that's pretty pretty awesome you know uh, Yeah, I, I think that, that you're right about that. And, you know, there's a lot of people who have talked about, you know, the idea that uh, there's some similar thematic elements between the Fast and Furious franchise and Star Trek in, in terms of the idea of family and, you know, um, found family and, and that kind of thing. And uh, I think that this movie here, Fast Five, is where those ideas really start to come into play rather heavily, you know. I mean, they're certainly there, you know, from the very beginning, but this and the idea of bringing everyone back and sort of making it a giant reunion and everything like that, I think it really kind of hits the the nail on the the head in this particular Mm -hmm. case, you know? Yeah. And I think we'll we'll see that build as well over uh, the course of, well, I guess we're not covering the last movie, so next week. Um, Yes. But yeah, yeah, so... Um yeah, I I don't know. I in addition to to all of this stuff, you know, I I think that it's interesting how the his style has kind of grown and changed again. Mm-hmm. You know, we talked last week about how Fast and Furious feels like a different movie than Tokyo Drift, right? Yeah. And I think that's true here too. Um Oh yeah. You know, sure. I mean like 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 in in you know Tokyo Drift you've got, you know, the weird different hip cool maybe young, you know, sort of teen Spider-Man version of, you know, Fast and <laughs> Furious, you know, if 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 you want to, you know, call it that. And then in Fast and Furious, it's kind of a return to form, but, you know, refining what has come before and maybe, you know, making it a, a bit bigger, you know, faster, more intense or whatever. And and, yeah. and here I think there is, you know, that escalation that we, we keep on talking about, which uh, makes it much more of sort of an action movie, you know, and, and it, it gets away from... You know, the realism, you know, that you were talking about for, with Tokyo Drift and, and the idea that it right. feels like there's physical cars doing physical things and not that much CGI or whatever. Here, I mean, you can tell that they did as much practical work <laughs> as they could, but there's some things which just defy
1: the yeah, law. They, 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 they essentially, I mean, like, if, if they would have been charged with war crimes if they had done these actual stunts, even in an abandoned city, yeah. like, it's just not you just can't do this. Like it's not, it's not physically possible. Right. Uh, But you know, it's still, it's still an amazing amount of, you know, there's, there's a little kid in me that loves seeing destruction on that scale. You know, it's, it's the, it's that little kid inside that, you know, loved building the sand castle. And then when the waves came in, like running up to it and just like being Godzilla, he's like, like, it's just great to lay waste to it and watch it. Fall. It's so much fun,
0: <laughs> and and there there is a certain amount of glee which is associated, you know, with the destruction in this movie. You know, yes, it's not it's not like you know, say Man of Steel, where you're like, oh my god, you know, everyone's dying. You know, and there's this this kind of <laughs> thought in the back of your mind. You know, here, I mean, it's it's you know, pretty clear that you know, th- th- this is essentially like a victimless crime or whatever. Yeah. Well,
1: they make very they make very certain to to say that there's an actual line where they go every corrupt cop in mm-hmm. Rio is chasing you. It's like it, it it plants that subconscious seed of none of the cops you see die are bad cops. Yeah. yeah. Or I'm sorry, none of the cops you see die are good cops. Only the bad cops are dying. Right. This is so it, essentially they're actually doing like a civic duty for Rio <laughs> by wiping out the corrupt cops. <laughs> They're like Batman on crack. Yeah. Like it's just it's just uh amazing. Yeah. I mean, how many cars they destroy and how many uh buildings they lay waste to is just an amazing thing. Absolutely amazing. Yeah. And but the thing is they didn't they didn't shoot in Rio. Like they they did some establishing shots in Rio, but I know that the favelas were shot in Puerto Rico mm-hmm. um, like they rebuilt them because it was the neighborhoods they were going to go to were too. I, I think they were too dangerous for, for them to actually like shoot a movie. And I think they, they actually they redressed um, at least for their base like it was a uh, part of Atlanta oh, okay. that they yeah. that they repurposed. Um, so like the you know all of the establishing shots that you see of Rio and uh the, that's legit but like uh I know that for the rooftop chase that was done in Puerto Rico and I'm pretty sure that the car chase was like a conglomeration of things like a, a, you know and digital manipulation so
0: yeah yeah I don't know it's 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 one of those things you know with it, as far as the destruction is concerned which you know I heard about on a commentary for um Golden Back, you know, like when I was in high school where it's something that I never thought of and probably would have thought was stupid until I heard it sort of like verbalized. But like mm-hmm. there's that whole scene in GoldenEye where um, he's driving the tank. Yes, through the, the city tank. And, and like bust through the
1: wall. I remember that yep. shot. It was a great shot.
0: <laughs> and like the tank was like running over cars like it'll it'll like crush a car and then yeah. you know you'll cut to the car and see like you know two people jump out like oh my god yeah. you know and it's like why yeah. would you have that that's so you know weak in a sense right but you know like martin campbell who directed that movie he on the commentary he's like you can't have anyone die in a scene like this because it's supposed to be fun And if someone dies, then it's no longer fun, you know? So you got to have that shot of, (laughs) like, the people jumping out of the car. You're
1: getting a hard R at that point (laughs) if you're actually killing everybody. Yeah. But but the thing is, I think it also, it it very much gives the audience the out. Like, they can, you can rationalize, rationalize it in your brain as, you know, however many people you're comfortable with believing are destroyed in the collateral damage and still... Having the heroes be heroes like that, that that's a, it gives you the, the room to make that that equation equation on your own. Because I remember reading um, it was about uh, the far side. Um, he did a, a an anniversary compendium some years ago and he talked about the cartoons that he got the most. Uh, th- now, I should ask, you're familiar with the far side, right? Yeah. 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 Um, Well, like the the cartoons that he drew that he got in the most trouble for were ones like, he showed this one of, uh, it it was a a woman calling her dog and you saw from inside the house and the dog's running for the dog door and she had nailed the dog door shut. And he said that what he figured out with the letters that he got was you have to give the audience an out. They have to be able to tell them, like nobody can look at that picture and think the dog got out of this okay. Mm -hmm. He goes, you have to give people the out. And I think that, uh, you know, in GoldenEye, but also in this, Lynn makes sure to show people running out of the way, getting out of the buildings, not being hurt. And that gives the audience the out to, you know, like allow the destruction without thinking upon the horror of it. Mm-hmm. So, yeah,
0: yeah, no, that makes sense. That makes sense. Yeah. Yeah. Um, So there, there were a number of, uh, uh, Star Trek, collaborators on this movie future Star Trek collaborators it's kind of the uh, the typical list which we've've we've become familiar with uh, including well I mean in addition to Justin Lynn you've got uh, Stephen F winden back as the uh, director of photography uh, mm-hmm. he's very good I think um, yeah. the editors uh, well Kelly Matsumoto is is back um, joining Fred Raskin and Christian Wagner who worked on The last movie, uh, but they're not working on Star Trek, but she is. Mm -hmm. And then, of course, you've got your uh, costume designer, Sonia Milkovic Hayes, um, who's, you know, as we mentioned, did Insurrection and is doing Beyond as well. And the music is again by Brian Tyler, uh, who did uh, Enterprise. So, yeah. He really does have like a team now, you know, he worked with, with these people before he's working with them all again. I think it's kind of great. I always love when, when filmmakers do that. And I mean, one of the interesting things, which, well, we'll talk about that next week, I guess. Um, Okay. (laughs) I was going to (laughs) say, one of the interesting things is like all of these people would return to work on Furious 7, even though he wasn't there. Which is interesting. Really? Yeah, it's the same cinematographer, same editors, same everything.
1: I will be really interested to see how that plays then, because as I've as I've been telling you, I'm sold on this series. Mm-hmm. I'm a huge fan of the series now, and uh, I mean, but the thing is, at this point, and I know that you know, I, I've got another one with with Lynn to go, but like it's it has become his series by this point. Yeah, you know, because like he. This is Justin Justin Lin's body of work, basically. Yeah. So I'll be very interested to see if that team comes back to work. Well, I mean, not if, but since that team came back to work on Furious Seven, if how apparent it will be, because we we had that good question in the Babel conference um, about how how can you tell a director? Yeah. Yeah. You know, and it's like so. I think that that would be a great way. For somebody to, if you're watching these movies, and I'll be, I'll be right alongside with you, jump from six to seven, and say, okay, well, we know that this same support team is there. Can I tell that a different director is in the chair?
0: Yeah, and I mean, I'll be interesting. I'll be interested to hear what you have to say about it um, because <laughs> one of the things that that I, I've thought of, and I think of in relation to to this franchise and everything, is something which. Um, Kevin Smith has talked about on numerous occasions, but has brought up again um, in reference to the fact that he's directing an episode of the flash, you mm-hmm. know, where he's like, these people, they do it on a weekly basis. You know, they, they they all know their jobs much better than I do. And, you know, I, I was worried about coming in and doing this because what am I going to tell them? You know, like, Right. Fant- you did a fantastic job. You know, he's like, because, <laughs> you know, these people, it's such a well oiled machine. You know, he's like, I could literally drop dead right before filming, and they'd be like, oh, that's too bad. Anyway, so uh let's go shoot this scene. <laughs> you know. <laughs> and you know, I I don't know. It it'd be interesting to see what you think about uh about that in relation to Furious 7 because
1: Yeah, I I think I think it'll be uh my first real test as your Padawan, if you will, <laughs> to see if I I have picked up the knowledge necessary to be able to tell these things.
0: Yeah, I'm not well, I mean I'm I mean I guess just putting it out there, I'm not sure that that I can. In relation to this, it's strange. Okay. I mean, same writer, you know, who did, he's done everything since two, you know, and everything like that. I, It's, I don't know, it's very interesting. But, hmm, hmm, we'll see. Cool. We'll see. Yeah. So, um, in terms of Star Trek collaborators, it's quite possible that there's one more person who was in this movie who's going to be in um, Star Trek Beyond, and that could possibly be Sung Kang. Um, Good. There was a, for for First Contact Day, which, you know, props to Justin Lin or whoever in, in the movie camp who was like, you know what, let's reach out to the fans and say like, hey, we know that this is a, a day worth celebrating for. I mean, it is basically Star Trek's version of May the 4th, right? Which don't mm-hmm.
1: get me started on May the Fourth, no, okay? No, no, no. It's not. It's it's Star Wars fan. It's the version of May twenty fifth, but uh, no. See, you know what? First Contact Day, and this is speaking as somebody who has Star Wars that like every third blood platelet in my body looks like that logo. But May the Fourth drives me nuts. At least First Contact Day has some sort of like story continuity mm-hmm. that is a true. Like that—that's a true fan thing. Yeah. It's not just a, a play on words. It's like, no, this is when it's established. The first contact happened. It's a much cooler fan day, or or whatever yeah. you want to say.
0: May the fourth. I'll still. I'm. I'm sure I've said no, this before. Never.
1: What? Never.
0: <laughs> never. No.
1: I. No. May. No. I, I'm
0: sure. I'm, I'm sure. I'm sure. I've I've told this story numerous times before, but it bears repeating. Um, my friend who is a huge Star Wars fan as well. Uh, like the i think it was the first time they they did may the 4th you know uh he texts me and he's like why why is everyone saying today's star wars day you know i thought star wars yeah. came out on may 25th what am i missing and i'm like no get it like may the 4th be with you and he's like oh that's dumb well <laughs> May the twenty fifth be with you.
1: <laughs> I'm like, yes. We're the Eastern Orthodox <laughs> Star Wars fans is what we are. Yes, exactly, exactly. Yeah. So
0: yeah. Um that's that. You know, and now they're doing it for aliens, which I'm like, hmm, hmm. Yeah. I I was yeah. I was like, uh you know, LV four two six, April twenty sixth, and I'm like, eh, I'm not doing that. I I, don't, no, I'm not, I can't get behind that. And then they're Bit of like, stretch. and then they're like, oh well, we're going to be showing double features of Alien and Aliens that day, and I'm like, oh, sold,
1: I'm there. Yeah. <laughs> well, there's a rumor too that uh, the Reeboks they're going to offer them. Oh yeah, no, they well, are for for a limited time. They are. They are coming out. Yeah. yeah. I kind of might need to buy some I you know
0: it, under normal circumstances, you know that I would right, because <laughs> yes, I do, but yes, I do. they just look so goofy they you know
1: they do, I just want to celebrate the fact that Reebok is actually still in existence because that means they, they might they I might
0: mean, release the the pumps from Star Trek five, that's what you're thinking.
1: Yeah, that would be pretty
0: cool. <laughs> I did. I'm wearing right now. I just got them. I, 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 they're on my feet as we speak. I finally found a a pair of Air Trainer threes, and the in a color scheme that I like. Then they're they're black and gray and white, which are white socks colors. And the Air Trainer threes are the shoes which were modified into the boots for Michael Keaton's Batman costume in 1989. What? Yeah, so I finally have.
1: I know exactly what those look like. I can picture them in my eye. <laughs> My mind's eye. Yep. nice. Yeah. So I've I've got Batman's
0: shoes now, finally. But I don't Sweet. think I don't think I can go with Ripley's. Although last year they did re-release her watch. I was really, oh, really? I was really tempted to get that
1: watch, but it was like three hundred bucks, and I'm like eh, I don't think I can justify that. But no, you know, no. If trust me, if I can't justify a hundred something dollar Han Solo jacket, <laughs> you can't justify that.
0: I am considering that belt though. Did you see that belt? His his Bespin belt. Oh no, I didn't. It's only but, it's only know, sixty bucks, which to me, I mean, I'm, I, I've bought like two belts in
1: the span of like the past ten years. Uh, see, see, the thing is, what what keeps me uh, financially stable <sighs> is. I've actually raised my oldest to uh, be my sanity check. Oh. We were actually, we went to a book fair and they had like, they're, you know, they're, it, it's like a kid's book fair. But then they have like a little Star Wars stand. I'm like, oh, hey, girls, come on over here. Let check this out. And they have like these, you know, car stickers and everything. And I'm like, I'm picking up this BB-8 sticker. I'm like, I don't know. I can put this on my car. And my oldest who, God bless her, I've, I've trained her right. She looks at me, she frowns a little bit. She goes, you don't need that, daddy. I was like, thank you, honey. You've been my sanity check. So I'll show her a picture of that belt, and she'll go. You don't need that. It's a pretty cool looking belt, though I have to say. So I, I know it is. <laughs> I know it's a pretty cool looking belt. But if they re-release uh, Luke's Bespin ja- well, not his his uh, his Bespin fatigue jacket. Um, that would be i that would be highly tempting for me. I, I, that's a styling jacket. I
0: got one of those when I was in high school. I still have it mm. hanging up in my thing. Yeah, I wore the hell out of that, but. See, I like the belt because it's something which is like—I mean, this is my thing, you know—practical cosplay,
1: everyday cosplay. Like, I can mm-hmm. wear that belt to work, right? Well, the best thing is, I can tell you that I uh, dress like Vin Diesel every single day. Yeah, because I always wear a tank top under my dress shirt. <laughs> so when I, you know, well, when, when when I come home and I, I sit down to dinner, you know, I can I can just have my tank top on and just talk about family and. <laughs> So, And your family's like, you look just like Vin Diesel, right? <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, it depends on if they're happy with me that day. <laughs> yeah, anyway.
0: well, That's cool. Anyway, uh, what were we talking about? Oh, yes, we were talking about how, yes, for first contact day. <laughs>
1: yes. <laughs> um,
0: Justin Lin is like, happy first contact day on his blog. Um, he's like, happy first contact day. Here's a picture. Uh, that we took on the first day of filming with me and two of my favorite people to work with, and in costume and their full alien makeup, you can't tell who the people are underneath, you know. Yeah. And he's like, uh, the the first uh, person to correctly name who these two people are, will receive a, a prize pack with a crew T-shirt and a poster signed by you know me and everything. And so, of course, everyone's like, "Well, who are those people, right?" And um, I, I, I assumed that the one guy, the guy on the left, was definitely Sung Kang. You know, just I mean, it just it, before I even saw the picture, I'm like, "One of these dudes is Sung Kang, right?" Yeah. And you know, the other person, I, I didn't know it was a really, really big guy, so I just assumed it was Vin Diesel. Um, he did say that there are people who he's worked with before but um looking at it after seeing other people's responses it kim cold seems to be the the most likely choice who's a, an actor who we will see next week in furious 6 but i i think i mean some people are saying danny poody or you know whoever i mean you know various people throwing out various names you know but i really do think
1: it's sun kang
0: it just makes sense
1: it would make sense especially because he said he said he said something about it being, you know, people he'd worked with before. And it's like uh, Sun Kang just makes, uh, I think you're right. It just makes too much sense for one of them. It does. I mean, and be.
0: you look at the face, you know, and everything and you can see it underneath in a sense, Yeah, you know, just like, I mean, you look at Kim Cold and, and this guy and, and you look at kind of like his jaw structure or whatever, and it definitely looks like that could be him, you know, but yeah, I don't know. I I really do think that it is Sung Kang, which is awesome. It is awesome.
1: It is, and you know, and that's a guy. God, I'd like to see him get more headliner roles in things. You know, like he he's a guy that has a very natural charm that I think could very easily be translated. Like he he's the type of guy where you see him in the like in this movie, like he has such an easy charm that. Like, I would want to see a movie starring him. Just somebody that, like, even if it's a rom, like, I don't like going to rom coms, but if he were the lead in a rom com, I'd go see it because I know I'd enjoy his character. Like, it, it would be somebody that I could dig.
0: Yeah. I mean, he should really be in everything, you know? He should really be in everything. And, you know, I, I think we, we talked about this before, but, you know, now that, that, uh, thanks to, I think, largely, uh, this movie right here, Fast Five, um, the Fast and Furious franchise is huge. It's absolutely huge. Mm-hmm. And it being a franchise and it being Hollywood, of course, they're talking about now growing the, the Fast and Furious cinematic universe, you know, and doing, mm-hmm. um, off movies and stuff like that about individual characters and everything, which you can totally do since there's so many as we're seeing yeah. right here in this thing. And, you know, something which a lot of people have suggested, you know, and I'm, I'm, Right there, you know, with them is, you know, a Han and Giselle
1: adventure movie. Oh, jeez! I mean, come on, sold a <laughs> hundred times. I'm going to the Thursday previews for that one. Yep, yep. That would be the best. That'd be the best. Yeah.
0: And the two of them, and I mean, that to me is like the highlight of this movie. As much as I love everything in here, yeah. You know, Han and Giselle, you know, Sung Kang and Gal Gadot together in this movie, I think are fantastic. So.
1: I I agree. They they have a great
0: on-screen chemistry.
1: Absolutely. Yep, yeah, yep. Yeah.
0: Um all right. So any uh, final thoughts on
1: Fast 5? Uh if you're not watching the series by now, why aren't you? Watch it. Watch along with me. Have fun.
0: <laughs> exactly, exactly. This is the one that I was really 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 looking forward to and seeing it again. Um I I think it's amazing and I mean, without getting into any spoilers, I guess. One last thing that we should talk about is The
1: Credit Cookie, right? Oh, yes. Oh, yes. Yes, yes. I'm so glad you gave me a heads up about that too. Yeah. Because you like that Credit Cookie is pretty amazing.
0: Yeah. It, I remember like sitting in the theater. I remember watching the movie. I remember watching it in Theater number 5 at the Lake and uh, you know, screening it ahead of time or whatever. And uh, and I remember Max was upstairs and he's like I he was doing other work and I'm like I'm going to watch yeah. this this is what I'm going to do. And I came out of it and I'm like that was pretty good and then I saw the credit cookie and I'm like Oh my God. And like, I ran upstairs (laughs) and I'm like, I, you'll never believe what I just saw. I'm like, I don't even care about this franchise. And I was just completely blown away by this credit (laughs) cookie. And like, I would always go into the theater whenever, you know, the movie was ending just so that I could see the reaction of the audience as they were experiencing it. And because it is pretty amazing for a lot of reasons. You know, yes, it is. I mean, there's the the reveal. There's the big reveal, right? Where it's like, oh, which we won't yeah. get into. You know, but right, the thing which really, you know, really like to me got me really excited was the appearance of another character, who yeah. I guess we can say because it's whatever, Eva Mendez. Mm. Um, right? Because she's, I'm like, D- she was in Too Fast, Too Furious. Oh, yes. They truly did get everybody back, <laughs> yeah, except
1: the people who had died. Yes,
0: and even some of them. So, yeah, even some <laughs> of them. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Um, except for that guy from from Tokyo Drift. They didn't get him back.
1: Oh yeah, no,
0: but not him. But that's too well. But it takes place before that, so
1: yes, yeah, yeah.
0: yeah. <laughs> but yeah, I don't know. I, I love that. Credit. That's
1: one of my all time favorite credit cookies.
0: For sure of anything.
1: Oh yeah. No, I actually I uh you know, I should have expected it, but um as as I've said, I watched I you know, I'm watching this on the bus ride home on my iPad and I'm sitting there and I'm giggling and like I'm just sitting there in my seat giggling and people, you know, occasionally casting a sidelong glance. But when the credit cookie came up, like I actually had an intake, I was like, Oh no like and I was like, Oh right, I'm in public. So
0: Yep. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. It, 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 it's pretty cool, for sure. And Eva Mendes is another person who uh, they've talked about. I think there's actually rumors going around that she would you know, is one of the people who they're talking about giving their own movie it, when they do stand up things. Oh, uh, things. That. Sure. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, she's great. All right. Well, okay, be- before we go, uh, just one last thing. I just want to give people a-, a heads-up reminder or whatever. Um, Outlander ron moore's uh television show is back for season two uh you can if you subscribe to stars or have the stars mobile app thing which you can subscribe to or whatever you can um watch the the season premiere right now even though it technically doesn't premiere until well tomorrow based on when this is coming out and uh yeah it's uh you know really really good show you you haven't seen it have you
1: no, okay. I've watched one minute.
0: Yeah, re- really good show. I mean, for people who don't know, um, Ron Moore is is the showrunner, and Ira Stephen Bear is his uh, is his number one, and uh, it's pretty great to see these two guys, you know, just go to town along with you know the rest of the, the writing staff on on a weekly basis, and do yeah. stuff which they could never do even on Deep Space Nine because it's you know R rated so they can do whatever they want and believe me you you think that deep space 9 is dark yeah, check out the the uh, last few episodes of season 1 of outlander oh my god um but yeah uh re- really really strong and uh it's back so yeah definitely definitely check it out i think i think even if you don't get stars uh, a lot of uh, the um cable providers are doing a free preview this week
1: or this okay. weekend, so check it out for sure. Is it the type of show somebody could plug into without having seen the first season? Um I imagine that you could because one of
0: the the interesting things that they're doing this season, and it's based on you know a series of books, so like season two is gonna be basically book two. Um, but it's almost like a a relaunch in terms of the style and everything because now they've progressed on their journey to a different place, you know, so now, Whereas the the first season took place, you know, in the highlands of Scotland and whatever. This new season is mm-hmm. going to be like in Paris, you know? So they've talked a lot right. about how, like, the look of the show has completely changed. There's a whole new set of characters and everything because they've moved on to a different part of their lives, essentially, you know? Okay. But I would recommend watching season one first because, I mean, come on, you know, why not? <laughs> okay. <laughs> so, yeah. Um... Yeah, check that out. All right. Well, it's been fun talking about Fast Five this week, but that's not all that we're talking about here on Trek FM this week. So here's a look at what you may have missed elsewhere on the network.
1: Previously on Trek.FM, Women at Warp.
0: She kind of handed down this big image of a to me before I even kind of saw the show. And so before I got the chance to think that she was kind of a rock star, I already thought she was a rock star.
1: Melodic Treks. Do you know what lesson I got from this? What? Don't rely on technology to solve all of your problems. What does that mean? It means don't play on your iPad all the time. That's what my teacher told me. Your teacher's very smart. Saturday Morning Trek. Dorothy had a little bit of a fit with the uh animators they had said over and over again there is no moon in the Vulcan sky I think it was like the first episode that aired of the original series when they mentioned this because Uhura walks up to Spock and she's like tell me I'm beautiful tell me that I would look good in your moon and he's like Vulcan has no moon
0: I'm not surprised
1: (laughs) continuing mission another
0: great thing is when it's it's all finished and you look at it and go, yeah, we made that together. Yeah, that's that's one of the greatest moments. And people respond to it and say, oh, that's that's pretty well made. The effects are great. The actors are are great, uh, even though they're Dutch trying to speak English, right?
1: <laughs> and that's what else is happening on Trek.fm.
0: So be sure to uh, check out these shows. You can find them wherever you get your podcasts. You, know, you can go to iTunes, Stitcher, TuneIn, Windows Phone you can go to soundcloud you can go download them right from our website whatever you want uh check it out um uh yeah they they're there they're there they're ready they're waiting to be listened to right
1: now yes go don't wait <laughs> rush
0: yeah and if you uh go to itunes and you listen to it there leave us a review because that helps us out it helps uh, other people find the show um we like hearing, you know, feedback and everything that's that's always uh, beneficial to us. Uh it'll yeah. you you can change the course of our show for the last 3 episodes. You really can. You know, if we hear the right thing you know, from, from the right person, it could blow our minds. And, uh, to, <laughs> <laughs> to, uh, to
1: quote Cybok, the power was within you. Right.
0: Yeah. If we come back next week and we're like, we're not talking about furious six anymore. I know that that was the plan from the beginning, but no, you know, we have something completely different to talk about because this person said this one sentence to us,
1: you know? You can be the lever that changes the course of the boulder that is the world of commentary Trek stars.
0: (laughs) So, yeah. Yeah. Leave us a review. Let's see what happens.
1: (laughs) Yeah. You can also... Make it crazy.
0: (laughs) um, Other ways that you can get in touch with us would be on the Babel Conference... Uh, which is our listener uh, forum on Facebook, just go to facebook.com and type the Babel Conference, that's B-A-B-E-L, into the search field, and you can find us right there. You can tell us what you think about Fast Five and who you think that person is in the uh, picture that Justin Lynn posted and what you think about Outlander and, and all that other stuff. Yeah. Yeah um and you can find us uh as a network on twitter at trek fm at trek at you know trek.fm is also on on facebook and everything like that and uh yeah where can people find you
1: john oh i think by this point they've all figured out they can find me on twitter at kessel junkie uh and you can also find me on another podcast called words with nerds that i co-host with my pal craig and you can find me on the podcast Aggressive Negotiations, which is a Star Wars focused podcast uh, that I co-host with trek FM's own Matthew Rushing.:
0: I'm surprised you haven't done an emergency uh,
1: podcasting session to talk about the new trailer for Rogue One. Uh, emergency sessions are handled by the nerd party as a whole, but uh, we're we'll, we'll we'll have a few things to say about it. I can uh I, I can guarantee and actually I'll I'll go ahead and say that um sneak preview uh there will be a six oh two club topic which will incorporate discussions about the Rogue One trailer nice coming up. I, I don't really have
0: anywhere to talk about it, so I'm just gonna say it's badass.
1: I loved it so uh, much. Uh I'm just gonna say <laughs> you you wanna know you wanna know what really warmed my heart. What uh, now the trailer as a whole is brilliant and wonderful. Do you know what the small attention to detail was that made me, as a geek, uh, especially a Star Wars geek, go absolutely through the through the roof with joy? What's that? The Star Destroyers are bone white, uh-huh. which the coloration of the Star Destroyers changed from Episode Four to Episode Five, and as did the models. And I haven't done a side by side to see if the thickness is the same as the Episode Four Star Destroyer because they got thicker when got to episode five. But the fact that the coloration is bone white, which is what it should be in that era, that makes me very happy. That makes me look at it and go, that is a filmmaker that is a Star Wars fan like I am.
0: It'll be interesting to see whether or not uh, Darth Vader's helmet will have a matte finish or a glossy finish.
1: It will be interesting also to see if it's symmetrical because it was not symmetrical before episode three. Yep, you're right. Um, but, uh, I, you know, there's so much about that trailer that's... That's really cool. And just, you know... I mean, aside from uh, all wow. of it,
0: you know, aside from all yeah. of it, <laughs> yeah, I think that this could very... I mean, just looking at that, you know, minute and a half or whatever it is, I think this could very well end up being the best-looking Star Wars
1: movie in history. I can tell you that I don't disagree with you. <laughs> <laughs> um, but I can also tell you that what's very interesting is... This movie is, of course, a big exercise in fan service, in a sense, mm-hmm. and nothing illustrated that to me better than when I showed it to my daughters, who really loved episode seven. And um, when I showed it to them, both of them, uh, they saw it independently. Both of them sort of like crinkled their nose at one point, and especially the oldest went, wait a minute, where, which one was Ray? <laughs> I go, no, 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 this isn't Ray, Aww. honey. This is before. She goes, but where's Ray then? And I'm like, well, Ray hasn't been born yet, honey. And she goes, oh, well, where's Finn? And I go, Finn's not around yet either. And like, she, uh, her, her, her excitement level muted uh, very visibly at that point, where she was like, oh, okay. I think they got a hard sell getting the non-fans into the theater for this one.
0: That may be, but then again, you know, after seeing this movie, I I can I mean just looking at this thing, I can imagine like Felicity Jones will be the new, I mean, oh my god. Yeah. She she looks so awesome in this, you know. I'm I'm so just waiting. Does... I'm I'm wa- waiting. I'm I'm seeing how long it's going to take ripped apparel to come out with a uh I I rebel <laughs> t-shirt, you know, because I will totally <laughs> it... buy that.
1: <laughs> This will be the first place I have absolutely no authority or anything. This is this podcast will be the first, uh, the public time I ever um, uh, admit to my theory that the guy you see smirk at her and then you la- see later walking with her. I'm willing to lay odds that that's Poe Dameron's dad. You think he so? Looks like he looks like Oscar Isaac a little bit. Okay, and i'm maybe I'm going out on a limb, but I want to be on the record as soon as possible to say that's my theory.
0: Does't everyone else think it's biggs? No, that's
1: not biggs there's no mustache
0: okay maybe i'm thinking of i'm t- thinking of Diego and actually Luna.
1: actually at this point, biggs probably would have been i mean the thing is i don't the guy I don't who, know how I'm talking f- about
0: the guy who looks just like Biggs like Diego Luna. Right. Oh no no no! I'm okay. not talking
1: about no. The the guy I'm talking about didn't have a mustache. Okay. And he, uh, right. he smirks at her at one point. I guess I'm no. But, but the but the thing is, I'm not entirely certain if Biggs has left the Rand Ecliptic by this point in the timeline, or not. Because Biggs went to the academy and then he jumped ship. When he jumped ship from the Rand Ecliptic, this is the established. I, they may change this. I don't know. Man. But it's always been established that he was on the Rand Ecliptic and then he he jumped off when he went back to talk to Luke, on Tatooine. Uh, It's where a lot of this was established. Of course, it never made it to the final film. So then there's always the debate about, well, is it, is it, you know, canon or not? Radio drama is decidedly not canon, though, because they are walking all over it uh, on this one.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Be interesting to see. I'm excited. I'm excited. Oh my god, it looks so good. I mean, like this could be, this could be better than episode
1: seven. You know, I mean, it really could. I will be so bold as to say that visually, this, this. To me, will feel more like a this minute and a half looks more like a Star Wars movie to me than the first trailer for Episode Seven did. And
0: yet, it looks like its own thing. It's not mimicking the the style, like photographically or right. whatever, and shot with those uh, seventy millimeter
1: anamorphic lenses that that Tarantino yes. used on uh, Hateful Eight. So. And I uh, I saw you talking on, on Twitter about masking and aspect ratios and ovals in the background that maybe should be And you were saying circles that we we're and nerds
0: and you're talking about the Rand Eclipse and I'm like, okay.
1: Rand ecliptic. Because Sorry. because see see, like I hear that.
0: Like and my reaction to you saying that we're nerds is exactly the same. Like like I saw some people talking about it on the Babel conference and they're like, I really hope that this person is this person here. And I'm like you guys are such nerds.
1: <laughs> All I care about is whether the star destroyer is the right color yeah. and shade of white, yeah, that's, okay? That's, that's what's important. That's extremely nerdy,
0: you know. And I mean, <laughs> whole movie's ruined if that's not done right. Granted, you know, I'm talking about lenses and crap and <laughs> whether it's going to be in 2.76 or 2.39 or whether or not it's going to be matte, you know. I guess that's nerdy as well.
1: This is one where I'm traipsing out to the IMAX theater for the first showing. See. Because that's where I have my shot at seeing laser projection 70 millimeter. Okay. Well, it's not going to be in 70
0: millimeter. It won't be. What? Well, they're not even shooting it in 70 millimeter. They're shooting it digitally, but with 70 millimeter lenses. Okay. So, but. You know, with with the, the IMAX thing, to me, especially if it's in 2.76, it's going to be like, wow, well, that's even more pointless for IMAX because it's going to be even smaller on the IMAX screen, you know? <laughs> but, you know, I don't know. But the laser, that might be. And I think 3D is the way to go for this one. So <laughs> whatever. No. I I I do. But no. I honestly, 3D is never the right choice. <laughs> never, ever. It can be. I hear Jungle Book. Everyone's saying Jungle Book is the best 3D since Avatar.
1: So. Um well cer I certainly hope it's a better movie than Avatar. I highly doubt that, but I guess we'll find out. I think that the odds are in its favor, to be honest with you.
0: Avatar's good. I love Avatar. It's good. It's okay it's good. at best. <laughs> anyway, um yeah, well if you're looking for me, if you want to talk to me about if you want oh, that's yeah. that's, where, that's where you can you can find uh, John if you want to talk to him about um star destroyer color. If you want to talk to me about lenses, Yes, <laughs> <laughs> for like oval flares versus spherical flares, or whatever. Um, you can find me uh, on Twitter at mumbles3k, and you can also find me here on Trek FM, producing from there to here uh, the um, uh, podcast where we look at an episode of Star Trek every day or two, two episodes a day, two episodes every day uh, for the entire year, and uh, we're just finishing up the animated series and we're going to be heading into the movies and next generation really soon. Yeah. I was just editing Woo. editing our our discussion on uh the movies today. So, yeah, it's coming coming up. Looking fast.
1: forward. I am uh no, to quote Gorkon then. I will look forward to that. <laughs> That's a terrible Gorkon impression. Why am I even on this show? Uh, you know,
0: it's okay. It's okay. Yeah. Um all right. Before we go, you can uh Help us out by buying some of our stuff on our our store on Redbubble. If you just go to Trek.fm, there's a link to the promenade, the Trek FM promenade, which has uh, various things with uh, various uh, artwork on there, and uh, it's all very spiffy and uh, cool. So be sure to check that out. And uh, you can also um, help us out by going to Patreon.com slash Trek.fm and uh, supporting us uh, with a donation. That's p-a-t-r-e-o-n dot com slash Fm. And uh, it's, it's basically like, you know, Kickstarter, but on a monthly basis. And, you know, the, the money that you donate there will help us with the costs of, you know, storage and bandwidth and equipment and all those other things necessary for uh, putting out the, this year podcast. So, uh, yeah, help us out if you can. All right. Well... We've only got one more movie, one more thing, one more work by a Star Trek creator to cover before uh, before we start wrapping this thing up. Oh. Furious 6.